Terry. Thank all of you for taking part in our worship. Thank our praise team and thank all of you. And I pray the Lord was honored this morning in our time of worship. If you brought your Bibles, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 10 and also Luke chapter 12. Matthew chapter 10 and Luke chapter 12. And I'm going to share a message entitled, The Importance of the Filth Sparrow. The Importance of the Filth Sparrow. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was reading over this passage, and this kind of jumped out at me, and I really had never preached about the filth sparrow. And uh, filth sparrow is very important. You'll see that today in God's Word. So we want to look at Matthew chapter 10 and uh, verse 29, and then we'll turn to Luke chapter 12. And what you have is the same, same account, account in Matthew and the count in uh, Luke. If you would, out of respect and reverence of God's word, would you please stand as we read this passage, just one verse. I encourage you to go back and read the verses prior. And, uh, but uh, today we'll look at this one verse as we look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. Are they not two sparrows sold for a copper coin. Now, if you have it, this is a new King James Version. If you have a King James Version, it says sowed for a fathering. A fathering is two, uh, is a copper coin. Notice, are not two sparrows sowed for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. Now, if you will, turn to Luke chapter 12. And we'll look at verse 6. Luke 12, verse 6, Luke's account. Luke says, Christ says in Luke 6, or Luke 12, verse 6, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for an opportunity to worship you and now to open your word help us to understand that you're speaking to us this morning that your word is um, it's inspired it's god breathed god breathed it's infallible it's without error and so as we read this morning allow your holy spirit to teach us and father give me the words to say the right spirit to say the men and, Father, I know your word will not return void. It'll go out to accomplish the task that uh, you want it to accomplish. Thank you for what you're going to do in our time of worship, and especially during the invitation time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The importance of the filth sparrow. The importance of the filth sparrow. There's something unique when you uh, take these two passages and you begin to compare them. Luke chapter 12, verse 6 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? Matthew 10, 29 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? So if you have two sparrows that cost a copper coin, 
Two sparrows cost a copper coin, then four sparrows should cost two copper coins. Simple arithmetic. However, Jesus said five sparrows cost two copper coins. And so the point is the fifth sparrow was thrown in kind of for nothing. The fifth sparrow is just thrown in. In other words, if you buy two, you get one for nothing. Or it's kind of, it kind of sealed the deal. It kind, of, uh, it kind of made the bargain. It kind of gave you a bargain. If you bought four, then the fifth was just thrown in. To kind of put that in perspective, imagine with me just a moment about an old woman, a poor woman perhaps, going to the meat market. And she goes to the meat market, and uh, it's her day. They go every day to the market. I don't know when I was in Nicaragua the first time, we'd go to the market, or Guatemala, we'd go to the marketplace. People would go every day and buy their meat because they didn't have refrigeration. And this woman, I can imagine her, just imagine this woman going to the meat market to buy her meat. And she goes to this meat counter where the poor buy their meat. And she looks at the meat, and she sees lamb, and she sees beef, and she sees pigeons, and she sees turtle doves. And she would, she would like to purchase those, but she just don't have the funds for those. So she kind of unties a knot in her apron. I thought of my grandmother when I was thinking of an illustration. My grandmother used to keep her change tied up in a handkerchief. And you'd ask for some money, and she'd undo her handkerchief, and she'd give you some money. Just imagine this lady going to this meat market, a poor lady, and she would like to have the best meat, but she can't afford that, so she takes her apron and she has a knot tied in it, and so she loosens that knot, and she pulls out a coin, and she lays that coin on the counter for two sparrows. And then she unties another bundle, another knot in her apron, and she pulls out another Coin, another fathering for two more sparrows. And then the woman says, But are not five sparrows sowed for two coins, for two fatherings? Luke 12, verse 6. And so the man who has the market, he kindly flings or throws or shoves that fifth sparrow over to her for nothing. And when the Lord saw that, he kindly points out that filth sparrow. He kindly draws attention to that filth sparrow, that, that small sparrow, that insignificant sparrow, that worthless sparrow, that good-for-nothing sparrow, that sparrow that no one really would want but just thrown in to make the deal. But no one of them, no one of those sparrows, especially that fifth sparrow, is ever forgotten by God. God remembered when that sparrow fell from the sky. And see, verse 7 tells us not to fear because the very hairs of our head are numbered. He says, you are more valuable than many sparrows. He remembered that sparrow that fell, but he says you are more valuable than many sparrows. So the point is what may seem to be small, what might seem to be worthless or forgotten is really dear and precious to the heart of God. 
So as children of God, we're precious to God. And so if you're taking notes this morning, the first thing I want us to see, there are many things in our world that argue for our, un, for our worthlessness. Many things argue for our worthlessness. The first thing that argues for our worthlessness is science and astronomy. Let me give you an example. There are a lot of great galaxies out in this space that God has created. Great galaxies, billions and billions times bigger than our Milky Way. And remember that light travels the speed of 186,000 miles per second. And those other galaxies are so far away that light traveling at 186,000 miles per second, that light is billions of light years away from reaching those other galaxies. And even in our Milky Way, our Earth is just a tiny speck in this Milky Way, and we're just a tiny speck on our Earth. But in this, the Earth we live, this Earth here, we live, we die, and too many today see us as just small and worthless. But God sees us different. So the point is, the more advanced that we get in science and astronomy, we're seen as worthless and unimportant and insignificant. So the question is, what argues for our worthlessness? Well, first, modern science and astronomy does. The more we go out from into space, the less we become, and we seem so unimportant and so insignificant compared to things that are million and billion light years away. But something else argues for our worthlessness. Jot this down. Political governments look on us as nothing. I was thinking about this. You know, uh, think of the totalitarian nations today that uh, they're, they're so dictatorial and they require everyone that lives in their nation to be submissive. Their entire population is, is to be submissive whether it's communism and Nazism or fascism, they, they, have, you know, they look at their people as worthless and insignificant and as nothing. And so you have political governments today that are arguing for our worthlessness. And then we have modern existential philosophy. This is something that's coming on pretty strong. And, what, and you hear a lot about this word existential. And so these existential philosophies, they really think that we have no purpose and we have no worth and we have no reason in life and we're just like orphans living on this earth that no one cares about. We live, we die, and that's it. We have no good purpose. But that's not the teaching of the Lord Jesus. The Christian faith is that every person is made in the image of God. The Christian faith is that, that God is spirit and we're made in his image. We have a spirit. We're, we're, we have a spiritual soul. We have a mind. God has a mind. God has a will. We have a will. God has emotions. We have emotions. And every soul is precious to God. Every soul has an individual worth. Every soul, every person here today matters to God. It matters so much that God sent His Son to die on the cross for our sins that we might have eternal life when we die. 
We're important to God. You see, the teaching of the Lord in Luke chapter 12, verse 6, as that, as that filth sparrow was thrown across that table as though it meant nothing and it appeared worthless, it appeared insignificant, it, it appeared unimportant, God saw it when it fell to the ground. And he says that sparrow is very important. But more than that, he says that you're and, you and I are far more important than the sparrows. I was thinking about the sparrow. I see them here at the church all the time. And they fly around on the outside, you know. And, and it seems to be a glorious thing at times to be a sparrow. I found this little poem that kind of brought to light the sparrow and how it felt perhaps toward God, or how it feels toward God. It says, I'm only a little sparrow, a bird of low degree. My life is a little value, but there's one who cares for me. I have no barn or storehouse. I neither sow nor reap. God gives me a sparrow's portion with never a seed to keep. My meal is sometimes scanty. My work makes it sweet. I've always had enough to feed me, and life is more than meat. I fly through many a forest. I light on many a spray. I have no chart or compass, but I never lose my way. I fold my wings at evening, wherever I may be, for the Father's always watching, and I know He cares for me. Now think of that just for a moment. And as you do, think of verse 7. Don't fear, therefore, you're more important than the many sparrows. And so God Loves birds, no doubt. He created them, but we're far more important than the bird. And so, who is it that uh, argues for our worthlessness today? He cares for us. Now, let me ask you another question. If you're taking notes, who are the who who are the five? Who are the fifth sparrows? Who are the fifth sparrows? got to thinking about who those sparrows might be, that fifth sparrow. And I've listed a few. Who are the fifth sparrows? First, I believe, fifth sparrow could be a little child. You know, we're having Bible school this week. And I think of that fifth, that fifth sparrow that people think is insignificant and unimportant, um, has, has no significance. They're just a little child. They're just a little child walking around here in the church. They're just little children. Little children are important to God. They're not insignificant to God. Think how helpless a little child is. Think how God watches over little children. Think how God watches that child and sees if we're kind or if we're unkind to a little child. Think of how children are treated in some families, how society treats children, how children are sometimes abused in, in different ways. But God loves little children. And that's why the church should have vacation Bible school. It's because those little children. We have an opportunity this week to minister to children in our community, in our church, but also in our community, to teach them about Jesus, to teach them about heaven, to teach them about salvation. They're just like a little sparrow. One song they'll probably learn this week if they don't know it already. You probably learned it. If you were in vacation Bible school, you probably know it, and it's Jesus loves me. This I know. When was the last time you sung that? May have been a long time ago. But I asked Terry, let's just stand just a moment and let Terry lead us. And Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I believe the words will be on the screen. And so if you would, Terry, just leads a cappella.
Just saying it like you did when you were a child and as you meant it when you were a child. Okay? Let's sing together. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Back memories of Bible school? If it did, say amen. Amen, it did. I learned that song in Bible school. And every night this week during Bible school, we'll close with that song. But listen, the message is that these children, they're the fifth sparrow. They may be small. They may seem to be insignificant, unimportant. But this week, we turn the church over to them. I mean, they're going to be running and playing and studying and doing crafts, and they're meeting the ice cream truck. They're coming saying the pledge. And this, it's turned over to them this week. We're going to have a good time. Pray for our children. A sparrow... That Phil Sparrow may be a little child. Listen, that Phil Sparrow may be a senior adult, a man or a woman, a senior adult. You know, it's easy to forget those who were real strong in the church, but now they find it difficult because of their age and because of their health to do things that they used to do. Man, I go back and I think today, I think of Frances Wilburn. And Frances played our piano. She was our pianist for 30 years, I guess. 46, 46 years, she's our pianist. My goodness. And she's, you know, she's in the hospital today. She's in intensive care, but I thank her. Thank her brother Grady. He's not here. He's usually here. Her husband and Grady, you know, one thing he did, he kept the preacher's truck running all the time, and he did work around here at the church, and, and he went with me to conventions, and he was just a good pal to hang with from time to time. But their age at times and their health prevents them. They're that fifth sparrow. Now think of others that are not here today. Miss Martha Farmer, she passed recently, and she taught her our children. I think of Brother Otis Hutchison. Miss Martha was our ch children's church director. And Brother Otis Hutchison, Miss Ardell Horton Pinkard, she's in assisted living, very active in our church in the past. And we have Bob and Louise Jones because of health reasons. They cannot be here now, but very active in the past. Carolyn Vinson, we mentioned, she broke her hip coming to church and, and served so many places. And we have other, Philip, her husband, and then Bob and Frida Guthrie. And, and uh, you, you have uh, Chris, uh, Chris Roberts and Linda Ruth back there. Others, I, I'm calling people, not your age, but over 60 years old. Let me just put it that way. Over 60. Miss Lucy teaches our women's Sunday school class. Over 60. The over 60 crowd. Now, after a while, we're, we're going to be, we're, I'm included in this, we're going to be where we can't serve like we used to. And that means uh, you're going to have to take over the responsibility and fill in those gaps that people are serving now. And so remember that. But the senior adults could be these fifth sparrows that seem maybe insignificant right now and, unim and unimportant. But God says, listen, they mean so much to me, more than the birds of the air. They mean so much more to me. Those who serve God so faithfully in days gone by. 
And so we need to pray for them. We need to visit them. We need to write them. We need whatever we need to do. We need to let them know that they're not forgotten. So that Phil Sparrow may be our children. It may be our senior adults. It may be our poor. Poor. You know, Mark chapter 14, 7 says, The poor you'll have with you always. We're going to have the poor with us always. Even, even if the rich pay their fair share, we're going to have the poor with us. You know why? The Bible says they're going to be with us always. Or maybe if the government sends out stimulus checks until it just spins us into Bolivia with bankruptcy, we're still going to have the poor with us, probably more poor. So the poor, there's never a time, listen, there's never, there will never be a time when all the people, when all the people are equal or all the people are affluent, we're going to have the poor with us always. That's what Jesus said. So we need to be a church that reaches out to all people from the guttermost to the uppermost. Be concerned about poor people because they're here to minister to. Those that have, those that have nots, they're the fifth sparrow. So our children, our senior adults, the poor, and then somebody who's just down and out. Somebody's just just down and out. You have down and outers today. Just seem can't they just they just seem that they can't get on their feet. They just they just can't get a break in life. They that feel, they're that fifth sparrow. And then somebody who's lost. You know, Jesus loves the lost. Jesus died for the lost. And Jesus saved us where we could witness to the lost. We started sharing our testimonies, writing our testimonies. And last Sunday night, we had over 50 people here that studied and wrote and shared their testimonies. That's exciting to me. We can see things happen as we begin to learn how to write our testimony and share our testimony. I don't know how low you are this morning. I don't know how insignificant you may feel or worthless you may feel. But as much as God loves the sparrows, just remember this, he loves you more. He loves you more. His eye is on the sparrow. My dad pastored church for, for 32 years at Rockwood. And uh, he had a gentleman that came and helped him in music during revival effort. And so... Uh, uh, he always thought that this one person could, there's one song he always requested, Rachel, and that was from Rachel's dad, Mr. Richmond Hogan. And dad always requested Mr. Mr. Hogan to sing, His Eye is on the Sparrow. Now, that song is it's an old song, but I want you to listen to the words as we close. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Let not your heart be troubled, his tender word I hear, and resting on his goodness I lose my doubt and fear. Though by the path he leadeth, but one step I may see, his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Whenever I'm tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sign and hope within me dies, I draw the closer to him. From care he sets me free. His eyes on the sparrow, 
and I know he watches me. His eyes on the sparrow, I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Listen, regardless how insignificant you feel, unimportant you feel, God's eye is watching you. He hasn't forgot you. Your hope, your trust, your faith needs to be in Jesus Christ. He watches you. He cares for you enough to send his son to die for you. The importance of the fifth sparrow. Maybe our children. Maybe the poor. Maybe the senior adults. Maybe the down and outers. Maybe you. You may feel like I'm at fifth, at fifth sparrow. If you are, just remember that God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And he wants you to trust him, his son, to be your Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have just to take a couple of passages and look at them and probably never really spent time on them before. I haven't. But Lord, you showed me something in this. You showed me that people are important. Although we may feel lost and insignificant and unimportant, worthless, you look at us differently. You love us. As much as you love your creation and those little birds, you love us so much more. And there's not a person in this room this morning that you do not love and that you don't want to see come to salvation. You want every person to be saved and spend eternally with you forever and to have fellowship with you forever in that place called heaven. But not only there, but have fellowship with you here as we build that relationship with you. So I pray for every person this morning and whatever spiritual condition they're in. Father, if they're saved, I pray we'll just reflect and thank you for, for your presence in our life as we go through this world that thinks that we're insignificant. We know how important we are to you. I pray for those, Lord, who've never put their faith and trust in you. Let them know that they have purpose and they have meaning in life, that you love them, that you sent your son to die on the cross, that through faith in him they can have forgiveness of sin and have eternal life. And so, Father, I pray today they turn from their sin and turn to you, trust you to be their Lord and Savior. Thank you for what you're going to do in this invitation time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.